I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandslots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Full work limited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Before we begin, if you like what you hear on Mile High Report Radio Podcast, don't forget to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, and go ahead and click subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to Mile High Report Radio with your hosts, Adam Malnati and Ian St. Clair. Get involved with the Denver Broncos conversation at milehighreport.com. And now it's time to get to work. Adam, you know I'm not a numbers guy. I, both of us are more predicated on the eye test. What we see is how we analyze it. But there are times where it lines up where the eye test matches the numbers. And one of those times was Sunday's latest embarrassment against the Buffalo Bills. So here's the total yardage production from the Brandon Allen-led Denver Broncos. 134 yards. 134 total yards for the entire game. That's a a game. That's not a quarter. It's not a half. It's a game. 134 yards. The whole game. That is... um, if, If you hadn't told me the number... And you would ask me to guess, right? Pick a number. What's the total number of yards you would you would say the Broncos uh, were able to to pick up in the game against the Bills? I probably would have still said uh, closer to two hundred. I wouldn't have said two hundred. I think I would have been more like one seventy five ish, just just because they were that bad. But yeah, no one one thirty four is is abysmal. It's awful. It's terrible. To put it in perspective, 
It's the first time since 1992 the Broncos have produced yardage like that. Because that season against the Washington Redskins, and that was a team coming off a Super Bowl win over the Buffalo Bills, the Redskins held that John Elway-led offense to 128 yards. And this is the fourth worst in terms of yards gained in Broncos history. Yeah, so... All right, so here, here's a couple things. I'm gonna try and I'm gonna I'm gonna go with a little bit of a positive here because I'm gonna try and start off nice, but there's not much nice to say. Before so, you do that, let me let me let me pile sure. on here a little bit. Pile, keep piling. According to Pro Football Reference, Brandon Allen threw 25 passes and had 82 yards. He's the first quarterback since Charlie Whitehurst in 2014 to attempt 25 or more passes and gain 82 or fewer yards in a game. Wait, there's more. Dang it, how big is your shovel? Benjamin Albright tweeted that in the second half, Allen was 3 of 12 passing for 4 yards, and he had 3 balls tipped by Bill's defenders. Yeah, 3 dropped three dropped balls by the Bill's uh, secondary. Yeah, okay, so... All right, is your are you done shoveling? Yes, <laughs> just I, I'm done piling on. Okay, <laughs> I'm tired. Yeah, I can understand. So I, I I will say this. Let's not to be uh, not to make excuses because I'm I'm getting ready to tear into this team just like uh, you are. Uh, but I do want to remind everyone of a couple of things before we demolish what this team did against the Buffalo Bills. A, the weather was very unfavorable for passing the football, right? Brandon Allen doesn't have a strong arm. Uh, and so he's not, he's not really going to be able to overcome the wind whipping around like it was in Buffalo. So there's a, a little bit of a, an excuse there for him Two, the other excuse that we have to remember as we, as we sort of go through our uh, destruction of this team is that they were playing in Buffalo and what we have determined over the course of however many years we have watched the Denver Broncos play football, which is many, many years now, they suck in Buffalo. They don't win football games in Buffalo for They're whatever now 11 reason. 11 and 14 in Buffalo all time. Yeah. I mean, not, it's not good, right? They just are not a, a good football team traveling east playing the early game. Uh, we we realized that a couple of years ago when they went into Buffalo uh, with with on a winning streak. And that was the start of the downfall of the Vance Joseph era, if you if you recall correctly. So uh, Buffalo is a, is a bit of a conundrum for for the Denver Broncos. That being said, and and I will I will sort of get away from that defense of the team. They looked like a team that that pr- had pretty much given up before the game even started. They they didn't look interested in the game. They didn't look like they had practiced at all. They didn't look like they had a game plan. They looked awful. And I don't even know how many three and outs there were. Like you said, we're not big on numbers, but it was a lot. It was a large number. I think to start the second half, didn't they have something like three or four in a row? Three or four uh, three and outs to start the second half. But you can't win football games like that. You you can't. My number might be wrong on that, but it doesn't matter because it was a lot. It was too many. And then 
on top of that, you've got a punter. I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about the punter. You cannot tell me that this guy should be kicking in the NFL. With the wind at his back, he had a 13-yard kick. A 13-yard kick. A wind that was blowing so hard that quarterbacks could not throw a football through it. He kicked it with it at his, with the wind at his back. He kicked the football 13 yards. 13 yards. Get off the team. Get off the team. I, I am I, I feel bad for him because I think that Tom McMahon is a terrible special teams coach and is maybe coaching some things that are not working. But this guy's terrible. This guy's just terrible. To answer your question, there were seven three and outs. Oof. That's a lot. You know what's amazing, though? The Broncos still found a way to have 24 minutes, 50, 56 seconds in terms of time of possession. That is pretty – that's actually impressive that they held on to the football for that. Well, I think part of that is, let's face it, the, the Bills weren't exactly uh, you know, the model of efficiency when it came to their stats as well. It wasn't like, uh, it wasn't like Josh Allen lit up the place. He threw for – 185 yards yes he had two touchdowns but he also had an interception and he he wasn't going off they ran the ball well and and used that to control the clock but not not in any way that was exorbitant right I I mean I guess there's that their offense wasn't exactly incredible but it didn't have to be because at no point as you were saying did you get the sense that the Broncos were in this game at no point at least I didn't. And no. to speak on what you said, you would think that a team that talks as much junk as the Denver Broncos does would come out and want to back it up. Because yeah. Chris Harris Jr. basically called out Josh Allen, saying that he had some advice for him. As one of the as Bill's media said, Chris Harris Jr. said it with a smile on his face on Monday. After the game on Sunday, shocker, Chris Harris Jr. didn't want to give any advice to Josh Allen. Maybe it should have been coming from the other way since Chris Harris Jr. got burned yet again for another touchdown. And then Connor McGovern decides that he's going to talk trash by saying, Shaq Lawson, I've never heard of him. Okay. He's heard of him now. I get get that you want to talk trash. I get it. It's football. It's what you do. It's a manly game. My wife is going to roll her eyes at this, but it, it, it it's a big boy game. You got to put on your big boy pants if you want to play in the National Football League. But if you talk junk, you better put on an extra pair of big boy pants and back it up. Yeah. And the thing that I just cannot get over and I cannot get behind is a 3-8 and eight team talking as much junk as this Denver Broncos team does. It bothers me. You have no reason, you have no way to talk trash when you're a 3-8 and eight football team. And here's the thing that really, really bothers me, is if you boo them when they don't play as well as they should, they start to cry and whine about it and say, you need to support us. We're playing hard. <laughs> No, you're not playing hard because everyone with eyes can see that you didn't play hard on Sunday against the Bills. I love it when you get fired up. I really do. It's 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 fun. The, the, okay, 
the big the big thing that I I can't stand, like you said, and, and and I agree with you, is when you look like you're not interested in being there. And we have gone back and forth a little bit on on uh, Chris Harris Jr. just as far as you, you know what we think of him and um and sort of you know sort of off the mic or off the air. We we have maybe differing opinions. I, I'm sort of starting to come to this conclusion that not that Chris Harris Jr. is is not someone that the Broncos shouldn't pursue to keep, but he's not worth the money that he's going to be asking for. And the last few games have proved that. Um, he's he's going to ask for big money and let somebody else pay him. I, I mean, I, I'm fully aware that he's probably going to go get, you know, a lot of money from somebody else at this point because he doesn't want to, he doesn't seem to want to be in Denver anyway because he keeps getting torched. And, and, and that is, pretty frustrating and then on top of that and this is something that I think is is really interesting if you look at this team the players that played well for the Denver Broncos Justin Simmons AJ Johnson Todd Davis played well uh, Philip Lindsay again had an okay game you know you have you have Dalton Reisner who continues to be the the best player on that offensive line which is great that's a that's a, a nice list of young players that are sort of up and comers but here's the list of guys that that shrank that disappeared Chris Harris Jr. Derek Wolf Von Miller and then Cortland Sutton who was disappointing with you know one catch on eight targets and and we talked about the wind and the and the weather conditions but there were guys on that field that looked like they had just disappeared and and a couple of those names are are really frustrating names to say and i have been one of those von miller supporters i know this is sort of going in a slightly different direction here but i've been one of those von miller supporters and i'm probably as a fan one of those guys that hangs on to that nostalgia a little bit too much so your chris harris juniors and your derek wolfs guys that um, that were a part of a, a team that won a Super Bowl and are a part of a defense that really is pretty good. When they disappear, you have a tendency to go, well, but you're not going to be great every game. This is becoming a trend. It's becoming a trend with, with players that we look at as leaders on defense, leaders of the entire team, and for them to disappear the way that they did or for them to play as poorly as they did and have zero impact. And, yes, I know Von Miller had a sack one sack, great. He also had one tackle, so uh, I guess there's that. It is disheartening to say the least. And you can play the card where, uh, well, the offense is so bad that the defense is isn't interested. They don't want to play for this team because the offense is so bad. I don't care. You're a professional. Do your job. If if you need motivation to be a professional athlete, get out of the sport. If if you're not making enough money, if you think the millions of dollars that you're making to play a game isn't enough for you to take on a team when you know your offense is bad, get get off the field. Go away. We don't need you. There are a lot of things wrong with the Denver Broncos right now. A lot of things wrong. But to have guys look like they have quit during a football game, we went off on Joe Flacco about this. This was this was something that the entire the entire fan base was angry with Joe Flacco because he looked like a guy who didn't want to be there. Well, now you've got a defense that looks like it doesn't want to be there, or at least several players on defense. Are you are you okay with that? Because I'm not. I am absolutely not. And that is where I start to, to get frustrated. And my support of Von Miller and guys like him who have been around for a long time are only going to – It's my support is only going to last as long as – he continues to put forth an effort that I think is what should be put forth on the field. And I haven't seen it from him recently, and that's frustrating.
the other thing that's frustrating about all of this is that there is this frustration and things need to change. Moves need to happen, but they're not going to because there's no owner at the top of the organization. There's nobody here to hold people accountable. There isn't a Pat Bowen at the facility to hold people accountable. Joe Ellis is clearly not going to do it, and he doesn't have the capacity or the wherewithal to do it because all he cares about is holding on to his golden ticket as long as he can. I, I'm, I've gotten into to debates in our Slack channel with Jeff Essery about what needs to happen with John Elway. And he's of the opinion that based on what's happened in the last two drafts and what he's done by hiring Vic Fangio, John Elway deserves to have another couple of seasons. Okay, I can see that. But at some point, he's responsible for all of this. He's the guy who has brought in Case Keenum and Joe Flacco the last two off seasons, thinking that that's the answer at quarterback. But all those calling for John Elway's head, and Mark Kisler has a column in the Denver Post saying exactly that. It doesn't matter because there's nobody there to make that move. Joe Ellis is not going to get rid of John Elway. He doesn't want the spotlight on him any more than it has to be. He finally has a stadium name. So that's something that people can't throw at him anymore. Well, have you seen the name of the stadium, though? It's not that great. <laughs> but at least there's a name, right? Uh, yeah. So so he can say that. Sure. I, sure. So he's... It's about it's it's doing enough to hold on to that golden ticket for yeah. as long as he can. And the last thing that he wants to do is put the spotlight on him even more when you get rid of somebody like John Elway, even if it is deserved. So as much as and we've been we've been talking about this for going on two years now. But at this point, it's basically shouting in to the abyss because it's not going to happen. It's funny because you say we've been talking about, th- we've been talking about this for so long that it's starting to come back around to the point where you could make a good argument for keeping John Elway around, which is sort of where Jeff is at. I, I think it's a great conversation for us to have, maybe to have with Jeff uh, in one of our uh, upcoming podcasts for sure. But uh, it, it is sort of funny to say, you know, we have been talking about John Elway's uh, issues as a GM for so long that things have started to get fixed a little bit and maybe it's coming back full circle. I don't know. It's, it's crazy. But it, if you, if you look at the product on the field and this is where it gets frustrating, the Broncos only gave up 20 points. They only scored three. It, it, It is, it is clear that there is an issue with this football team. And that issue is the quarterback position. It has been that way for ever since Peyton Manning left. Right. Ever since Peyton Manning retired, the Denver Broncos have been in search of a quarterback. And and that does fall on the shoulders of John Elway. Finding a franchise quarterback is perhaps the most difficult thing to do in sports. That's fine. There are only a couple of guys out there that are really elite quarterbacks in the NFL. Also fine. Ooh, I like that word that you just threw out. Thank you. I appreciate that. And uh I think I think that one of the things that, that John Elway gets I want to maybe benefit of the doubt from some people is that you, you, you will struggle to find a starting quarterback in the NFL. That is, that is any good. 
And if you go through the list of starting quarterbacks in the NFL, there are people that there there are guys out there that are starting that just shouldn't be starting, that are just not any good. And unfortunately for the Broncos, they're in this sort of Browns-like era where they are just going through quarterbacks left and right. And here we are as a fan base clamoring for some rookie quarterback, some rookie second-round quarterback who we've never seen play a consequential snap in the NFL. But this is what we want. We want to see this so badly. Like, so, so badly. And what we're really getting is it's just more... It's just more of that carousel, right? It's more of that quarterback carousel. And maybe it's good to see him. Maybe it's not good to see him. I obviously want to see Drew Locke as well. But watching watching Brandon Allen struggle didn't make me go, you know what, John Elway's going to get this figured out. It, that's not what it made me think. Watching Brandon Allen be the quarterback of this team did about the same as what watching Joe Flacco did for me watching this team. And that's Dang, this is a really hard thing to do. Find a, a starting quarterback in the NFL that's worth anything. And apparently, John Elway can't do it. I, I'm 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 over on your side now. This guy can't do it. He can't get it done. So maybe someone else needs to do it for him. But that's not gonna happen because John Elway runs a dictatorship that is enabled, like you said, by Joe Ellis. To 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 sandwich all of this with a positive. At least John we Elway can, found his can, backup quarterback. We could use a positive. That's true. Yes. And Brandon Allen is the backup quarterback. We've been saying that for three weeks, even after the Cleveland game. It was clear he's a backup quarterback. So at least Broncos country has its backup quarterback. Yeah. The problem with know. John Elway, the problem with John Elway, and to steal a line from Brock Lesnar, who overuses this so much, but in this in this instance, it is so true. John Elway keeps trying to he keeps getting chicken poop and trying to turn it into chicken salad. Oh, that's true. I don't you know chicken salad to me is one of those weird ones too because people put like grapes in it and stuff. I don't understand that. I don't, don't put grapes in my chicken salad I, or raisins. Oh, but they're golden raisins. No, that doesn't make it better. It. <laughs> Sorry, sorry. I was just talking about chicken salad. You mentioned chicken salad. <laughs> I don't have anything else to say. I think in terms of Drew Locke, it's clear ever than than ever. Even after last week, even after this week, get Drew Locke on the field. Let him play the last five games of the season. Get an idea of what you have. It doesn't need to be the final evaluation into him, but at least start to give yourself an idea of what you have in the quarterback position so you have a better idea of what to do in the offseason in terms of free agency in the draft because that's what it's all about. It's not going to change anything on the field. And the other thing that, that I hear thrown about is, you're going to throw him out there against a good Chargers defense and he's going to get beat up and you risk ruining his confidence. If he's that fragile, why did you draft him? If he's going to have his first start and it's going to, he's going to struggle. He's a rookie quarterback. He hasn't done anything significant since his thumb injury in August. You're not putting him in there expecting him to be Tom Brady in his 10th season. You're expecting him to come out 
and just show you what he has, whatever it is. There's no expectation. The last thing that there should be on Drew Locke is an expectation at this point. Your team is three and eight. You're on the verge of having your third straight losing season for the first time since the late 60s and and early 70s. So there's no need to put expectations on him. Just throw him out there, give him the game plan, give him the reps in practice, and see what he can do. He's behind a bad offensive line. My wife and I were talking about this as she was telling me what Mark Kislow was saying. And Kislow was saying that he shouldn't play against the Chargers because he could potentially get beat up and he could get hurt and his confidence is going to get is going to get ruined or you could potentially ruin his confidence. And as I said, if he's that fragile, why'd you draft him? But at the other point, you start to get an idea of what you have. Yes, he's going to be under pressure, but how does he handle that pressure? How's his accuracy? How's his footwork? How's his decision-making? How is his accuracy? There are things that you can still evaluate about him in a game-like situation. And to, to throw this around, and I'm not in any way saying Tim Tebow was a, was a quarterback worthy of ever playing quarterback, but there are guys who are gamers that when the game comes around, they just find a way to do things. And I'm not saying Drew Locke is like that, but put him out there. Give him the ability to play. Go all in on him. Stop kicking the can down the road to nowhere and see what you have in your quarterback. Yeah, legitimately. Uh, you know, and, and you're, the one point that I think is important to make here, the Denver Broncos are 3-8. and eight. They're, they're not in a race to the top right now. They're really at a race to the bottom. And the not that they sh- you should be rooting for losses because we're not rooting for them to lose. But I, I'm not being – we've said this before. I'm not concerned with wins and losses this season. That is not what motivates me to watch this football team. And so to so sort of put a little bit of a, a spin on what happened with today's game and why there is so much frustration here – it's not about the fact that they lost to the Bills. If you were out there touting the Broncos as a, as a team that was going to beat the Bills, then you haven't been paying attention to football for the last few years. I'll give uh, you know we'll stay, start there and the fact that the Denver Broncos are never good in Buffalo. So you haven't been paying attention to that. But what you should see and what we should always see from this team is effort. We should see a team that is trying to win a football game and that's not what we saw against the Buffalo Bills. That doesn't mean that that throwing in Drew Locke is throwing in the towel. And that doesn't mean that the team should just give up. It simply means that you understand that wins and losses aren't important moving forward. From this point forward, understanding what you have heading into next season is what is important. You've been listening to Mile High Report Radio. Get involved in the discussion at milehighreport.com. And as always... Go Broncos! With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.